Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's episode, we are going to be joined by a very special guest. We're going to be joined by Brandon Holland. Brandon Holland, he has his own podcast here in San Antonio. I believe it's called Along the Wire. Is that correct, Brandon? Yes, that's correct. So if you haven't, make sure you go ahead and you follow Brandon on Twitter. You know, give him a follow. Listen to his podcast. He has some good sports takes. Specifically, he likes to talk a little bit about some football, I hear. What do you, what do you really specialize in on your on your podcast? We're, we're kind of talking. So you want to share that right. with the listeners? So um, my, my specialty on my podcast is high school football with a focus on the San Antonio area and uh, the University of Texas fo- football team as well as other colleges here in Texas. So pretty much all Texas football. Um, I, I get into a little bit of the pros, but I keep it high school and college for the most part. So there you go. So you make sure you go and follow Brandon and also make sure you go and listen to his podcast. He has a lot of good takes, great content. So definitely make sure that you are listening and subscribing to his podcast. And we're also going to be joined by a recurring face. You know him as Wesley Perkins, the guy who sometimes comes out on Spurs React and also a frequent contributor to the Chris Duell show, just like myself. And I heard you this week, Wesley, when you were talking about Andrew Luck. So how are you doing today, Wesley? Doing great. It's a pleasure to join you guys and uh, talk sports. Uh, you know, I, I, I really feel like this has been kind of an active summer for a lot of reasons. And usually we all know this, right? I mean, and there's always a, a, a bunch of stuff to talk about, but you know, if, if, not, if you're not a big baseball fan and all that, it, you know, it kind of drags on. But, boy, we've had some stories lately, haven't we? We've oh, had yeah. some stories, man. I think that Andrew Luck has to be the story of the year in sports so far. But the year's still not over, man. We're like, what, two-thirds of the way through the, through the year? So we still got some time for, for some storylines and some drama to be spun. But yeah. what we're going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and dive in. And we're going to go ahead and talk about something that I saw today on on social media, specifically on Twitter. You know, we have this love-hate relationship with the San Antonio Spurs as fans. We want a Fiesta colored jersey. We want a retro jersey. Then you have the organization who does not kind of like those Fiesta colors. They like the, the regular, you know, the authentic silver and black only, you know, which is what the team is wearing right now. Then you have the fans, of course, as I stated, they want the, the retro colored jerseys or even a throwback jersey of some kind. Even if it's they want to go the silver and black route, we'll give us something from the 80s with George Gervin with the iconic San Antonio, you know, you know, draped across the chest. You know, those those are good jerseys as well. The fans would be happy with that. But we have the Utah Jazz that had a really good throwback today, going back all the way to the year of 1997. To me, 1990s was like the golden era for for jerseys and also for logos because a lot of teams were just their logos the jerseys they were just they were fire man back in the 90s and the jazz they incorporated a short video showing some of the greats along with the mix of showing the players who they have of this generation wearing that throwback jersey they even shared pictures of a throwback court that they're going to have for this upcoming season and of course, you know, I put something to the effect of, you know, at Spurs, you know, take notice at what other NBA teams are doing throughout the league. You know, we as Spurs fans want 
a throwback jersey, not another camo jersey. And then you have other fans <laughs> diving in, throwing shade at Utah. Like, who would want to be wear that 1990s jersey because they got beat by Michael Jordan? That's just, you know, goes along with losing. You know, I'm like, that's not what the tweet was about. It was saying, you know, kudos to the Jazz for doing what they did. I like the look of the jersey. I like the floor. You know, it'd be nice if San Antonio got some of that kind of retro love, you know, instead of another city camo jersey. I get why we do it. I just want some change, you know. <laughs> so since you're the mm-hmm. guest, Brandon, what were your thoughts on this, man? What What do you think? My thoughts were exactly how you said, you know, with with the uh, 90s being kind of that golden era uh, of basketball for the players who are playing today as well. Um the jerseys back in the 90s were awesome. You had the Raptors coming in. You had the Grizzlies coming in. And it was kind of like that that change over to like, okay, let's let's try something new. Um, and, those, and those Utah Jazz jerseys were also brand new uh, because that's, that's, that's when they moved over from the basketball with the J uh, looking like a, uh, a, a music Like a note. saxophone. It was like a saxophone mm-hmm. or something, right? right. Yeah. And then and then they went to the mountain look over the jazz. And I thought that was awesome. I love those jerseys. And that just brings brings me back exactly how you said to those great days in the nineties of basketball. So I mean, I fully agree that, you know, the Spurs should try to bite that or like make it a movement. Because, you know, if like one team does it, it's the Jazz, yes. But if the Spurs do it, then you know other teams are gonna fall in line with the with the respect that the Spurs have. Yeah, exactly. But what what do you stand on this Fiesta color? You know, do you like the retro Fiesta colors, the retro warm-up jerseys? You know, the 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 I, jackets that you see around town, you know, with people wearing those iconic throwback colors. You see them a lot, and I don't understand how uh, a team cannot just observe that and be like, well, if they love this jacket, Let's do the jersey, and then and then you can even uh, you can teach the newer fans about the old school fans because they're gonna look at it as if it's new, and then the first thing a a real fan's gonna say is, "Ah, oh, nah, this is based off of this," and then you know you start bringing the uh, fans of different generations together. So I mean, I don't I don't see any loss in doing it at all. Yeah, I don't see a loss in it either. I, I know this is what the fans have been actively, you know, screaming for and yelling for for quite some time now. I just have a strong feeling that we might get some type of throwback jersey. I don't have insider knowledge. I'm just going off of a feeling. Maybe it might be the throwback to to the early 80s with the George Gervin look, you know, with just San Antonio draped across the chest. I think that's maybe the direction that the Spurs will go, seeing as that they really aren't fans of the Fiesta colors. I, I think it's a good compromise between the two. It'd be cool if they gave us a little, you know, Fiesta color throwback something, but I think that's just wishful thinking at this juncture. But Wesley, what are your thoughts on this? What do you what do you what do you think we're gonna get a Fiesta color jersey this season or not? God, I hope so. You know, I mean I've been waiting for years. I, I've never understood why San Antonio doesn't embrace during Fiesta and just have a throwback jersey during that time. I mean, it would make so much sense. Uh, I've even advocated, and I know 
you know, our good friend Chris Duell has kind of shot the idea down saying that logistically and with the, you know, rentals and the things and the monies that go into it, it's not possible. But uh, man, how, how fun would it be to have a have a couple of retro games where they wear the Fiesta colored shirts and then they they play in the dome, open yeah. up that upper deck and get 35 K back in the in the dome. You know, for a few nights, because I think that would be a really neat experience that most people didn't get to do back in the, you know, in this generation, at least that most of most of us got to experience. They could do that, know, Wesley, during, that during the rodeo road trip. So they don't have, a, you know, that long stretch where they're away from home. Do that in the dome, man. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, listen, I also got to give props to the jazz because, I mean, they've got the right spirit here. And the, the thing about it is that anybody that sees that uniform can can remember and it embodies you know, the thoughts of Carl Malone and uh, John Stockton kind of in their prime. And when they were facing off against uh, MJ in the finals and uh, Mm -hmm. to me, Spurs fans are going to hate this, but my favorite player outside of David Robinson, outside of Sean Elliott being a Spurs fan growing up was John Stockton, man. I, 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 I resonated with that guy because being a point guard myself, I, I, I just knew there was nothing flashy about him, but he was a great force. And so when I see that uniform, that, that brings back some powerful memories of, you know, some really great legends that played the game there in Utah and some really tough competitors that, quite frankly, the Spurs didn't always fare so well against. Yeah. Who can forget Carl Malone hitting, you know, David Robinson on the back of the head with that turnaround elbow yeah. and just dropping him right there to the ground? I know that. They were, you know, they had that shot or that picture that they were sharing on, on social media about a week or two ago. I, I specifically remember that because I was watching that game. And I remember John Stockton because that duo, they were a formidable duo, you know, to go up against because John Stockton was a very, very good competitor. He he liked to go there and compete at the highest level, always wanted to win. And then he had the enforcer, Carl Malone, the mailman. You know, so John Stockton was kind of one of these players that – Flies under the radar, but if you really paid attention to him and you really watched what he did out there on the court, I'm not saying he was a dirty player, but he was crafty. He had his veteran moves. Mm-hmm. He knew how to pull on people's shorts. He knew how to pull on the jersey without getting seen. He would step on the foot, you know? He was an agitator, a professional agitator. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like Dennis Rodman, but he was more subtle about it. You know, but, and he had the he had the choir boy looks, and I think that was yeah. a part of it too. You thought he was just the most innocent looking guy, and no. so you could play that off, but you knew he was dirty. I mean, he was so dirty. <laughs> he Not was. even funny. He was, man. That's why I respect him. You know, I, I respect I respect Carl Malone. I respect John Stockton. They even had Hornacek, man. I could I could never get used to him, dude. Shooting free throws. He had this one little quirk that he always used to do every time he would shoot the free throws. Remember that, Wesley? He would sit out there mm-hmm. at the stripe, and then he would just kind of wipe that one side of his face, and he would do it every single yeah. time, man. And dude would never miss either. I swear. Yeah. That, that, I mean, both those guys. I mean, you, you talk about – that's on a whole other topic, but, man, both those dudes would just never miss free throws ever. And Spurs would get late-game situations. Somebody missed a free throw, and Hornacek and, and Stockton would get up and just knock down everything. It's like, oh. Lord, you and you know what that actually was when he was doing that. That was a signal to his to his family and yeah. kids that uh, that uh, it's like uh, a uh, I love you or something like that yeah. when he would yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, because he would always do that every time he'd shoot. He had his little rhythm going. He would always wipe that one side of his face. Then he would get the yep. ball in his palms, and then he would shoot. And you hated the guy because 
he wouldn't miss, man. It's like, damn it, dude. He's like one of the best free throw shooters, (laughs) you know? He's just killing you at the line, dude. It's like, man, you know, of all the things that you could do, you hated to see in close games when the Spurs would foul either John Stockton or Jeff Hornacek because you knew it was already going to happen. You're like, you just put the two on there, man, because it's money already, you know? (laughs) Yeah, all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to the Jazz for everything that they've done for the fans, giving them what they want, you know. And again, we all talked about the jerseys in the 90s. I mean, the the one I one jersey that really stood out at me, too, was that Hornets jersey, man. That Hornets jersey in the 90s, that that was fire, dude, As, along with the Raptors. The Raptors, kind of an acquired say, taste. Yeah, I definitely understand that, that, that uh, Raptors, that's that's one of my favorite ones. That makes me think of uh, Damon, Damon Stoudemire. And Marcus oh. Canby. I remember yeah, For me, guys, honestly, if we're talking about old school uniforms, uh, we're, you know, I, I know some of the newer ones were great, but it was always for me the Pacers and the Knicks. Man, those two uniforms just were like just embodied. I mean, those were just the embodiment of the NBA back then. Tough, yeah. gritty, just, I mean, those were incredible uniforms. There was just a good era of uniforms all the way through. Good era player, too. I mean, you had a lot of yeah. uh, these Hall of Famers now from the 90s, you know, uh, and, and they were in their heyday back then, you know, so you got to see a lot of great matchups, a lot of good old fashioned basketball, you know, playoff basketball where it wouldn't fly in today's league. You know, it's a diff- different times, different era. Games evolved. It's changed, you know. So, again, I'm not going to get into that comparison of, you know, who was better, who could beat who and today's league versus the league they had in the 90s. It's like that's a discussion for another podcast, I'm not going to open that Pandora's box because <laughs> it's it's going to get ugly, man. It's going to get ugly quick, but let's I digress. So let's go ahead and move on to our next subject. Next subject is going to be we're going to talk about something that had really stood out this this last week and even it's still being talked about this week. And, and that's we're going to go ahead and talk about this. Andrew Luck, dude, before I was going to go in and talk about Shaq and Kobe, but before I do, I have this thing where I, I want to, you know, really dive in here and talk about this Andrew Luck situation when he announced he was going to retire from the NFL at the ripe old age of 29. And a lot of the fans booed him as he left the the, the field for the last time. And, and, you know, we could tell it bothered him. And I can understand where the fans are coming from. But at the end of the day, those fans didn't have to put in those hours of rehab. They don't know what life was like off the field when he was spending time with his family or away from his family. You know, so having to come back from all these injuries that he's had to come back from, you know, doing rehab all the time, all the time, it it it, it takes an emotional toll on you, on the mind, not just on the body, but on the mind. And you and I respect what he had to say afterwards in his press conference. It was raw and it was very emotional. He was saying basically that the love of the game had left him. You know, he knew that he just wasn't he just wasn't 100 percent into it anymore. And he needed to go ahead and retire because he felt in his heart that was the right thing to do. And who can fault the guy? If you know that your heart isn't in it, why are you going to be out there just accepting a paycheck when you you know that the game is more than that? You know, he owed right. it to his family, being honest with his family, being honest with with his teammates and even the fans, the media and everybody. 
this is the best decision for me. Other people would have probably said, I'm going to just suck it up. I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to go out there. They probably would have had a horrible season. You know, the numbers would have declined. They would have had to hear it from all the media and everybody criticizing them all the time. But Luck didn't let that happen to him. He controlled his own fate, his own future. And he said he's going to do this because it's the best decision for him and his family. I respect the guy. I have nothing but admiration for him. And I think the the fans that booed him should should really take a hard look at themselves. It's easy to criticize somebody until you've walked in their shoes, you know. So, Brandon, how, how did this hit you? What did you think about this situation? You know, I 100% respect it. Uh, and I've had time to – I really have – I – hard to say i i can i see how you say that you can understand the fans but when it comes to your life i mean your your quality of life after this game you know you have to you have to cherish that as well because that game's not going to be there forever that game's not going to change your pampers man when you're like 60 years old you know 70 years old been going through rehab the last four years he's only been in the league for seven years yeah and he's been injured and hurt big time with major injuries the last three four years he took a lot of hits early on in his career too a lot and then i mean you got to go go back to the ownership they should have had a better offensive line and drafted there or traded for it if you if you knew you had this quarterback who you push peyton manning out the door for then you got to you you have to build something around him that's going to keep him there. Exactly. But, um, I totally I totally agree with him leaving. I felt bad when I saw that uh, I saw the clip of him leaving the stadium and people were booing. Yeah. I think you're correct. People need to take a look at themselves if they did that. And people might try to spin it as oh oh people were booing the the actual situation because now their their season's over. Like. I'm sorry, but I mean that's why they have backup quarterbacks, you know. But I just, I just wish, I just wish him the best. I, I respect the decision he made, and you know he's about to have his first kid. You know? Yeah, yeah. We never know what happened. You know, we we don't know the conversations that he's had with his wife or some of his family members. It could have been his uncle. It could have been you know his mom, wh- whoever it might have been. You know, and I. I think he had to be pretty open with with the uh, with the ownership because they get, they're going to give him the rest of his contract money. Yeah, and you know that's that's a I think that was a smart move on their part too because here you have a guy that you know gave you absolutely everything he had. He played through injury. He was out there on the field. He was a competitor. He competed at the highest level. He was always out there trying to make the team better. You know, he was out there being a leader. So for everything that he's done, and this was with life after Peyton Manning, you know, there was a big question mark. What was going to happen with this franchise? What was going to happen with the Colts? Were they going to be in in limbo forever? And the question of that was, no, they actually were able to be competitive still, you know? And it was one of these things that worked out for, for Peyton and it worked out for Andrew Luck. You know, Peyton went on to go with the Broncos and he won a Super Bowl, so... You know, things happen. So it's all we can, we as people, we have to understand there's so much more to the game 
than, and than just being out there on the field and playing a right. sport. You know, there's lives involved. There's there's things that go on afterwards. Life happens. You know, so right. Gotta look at it from that. Half, half of those people booing. He's out there playing with a lacerated spleen. Yeah, and they're probably falling off because they coughed in the morning. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, uh, I know they say that the fans pay these players salaries and stuff like that, but you know, we aren't paying paying for their doctor bills when they have all these symptoms and everything afterwards. You know, like. It's, there's there's just a lack of respect and compassion that that shouldn't have been shown in that moment because he didn't even know it was going to be announced at that time. Yeah, it was a shock to him as well. You know. Yeah, let me let me jump in, dudes, because I, I feel I feel both what you, what you're saying. You know, Brandon, I mean, you couldn't be more right on. And Joe, you know, I, I know your take. If you know, I heard you the other day also on the dual show and. I agree in a lot of places, but let, let, let me tell you this, and, and I, it, it, I'm i in agreement, but I'm going to point this out because I think this is a key part of this that's not always discussed. The media was atrocious with this, oh. especially Adam Schefter. Oh, Let, yeah. Let's call a spade a spade, okay? You know, you know, Brandon, you got your own podcast. Joe, you have a podcast. You're, you're responsible people about how you report and the things that you give and saying things about your opinion about and, and understanding that that is your opinion, and you're also stating fact. But people have a responsibility, I think, in the media to not play gotcha with people's lives. And to me, I felt really horrible for Andrew Luck because I felt like he didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye to the game the way that he would want to. And and fans be damned. I mean, th- that's, the, that's the other part of this is that fans equate – this kind of activity with football or basketball or baseball, but especially with football, think about this for a minute. They equate this to, this is my entertainment value. You are for me. That's what this is all about. And that that couldn't be just, that is not true at all. Yes, it is an entertainment driven industry, but we have to look at these people as human beings. You know, when we talk about like Adam Schefter and choosing to release, because let's be honest, he could have sat on that story. He could have sat on it until after the game was over, until it was post-game time, and then released it. But he did not. And to me, that's the one thing that about this that makes me just angry about this whole situation is that you had a man out there on the field supporting his teammates, supporting his brethren. You know those management, and you know just based off of what those Colts players said afterwards, they knew. They knew that this was happening. And, and and this is the thing that really just irks me so much here, guys, is that any of us, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to compare, compare my, my football playing career in high school to Andrew Luck, but I will tell you this. I broke my arm very badly, overlapped the bones, almost a compound fracture. And after that happened, I was scared to death. I still got back out on the football field. I still played again and enjoyed it. But I'm telling you this. There is – I'm not saying Andrew Luck is a scared guy, but when your body's not reacting – when your body is hurt all the time and you start to look at a young one, you know, as a family man and, you know, Joe, I know as well, you look at, you look at your family, you look at your wife, you look at your parents and your legacy and you say later down the road, I might be one of those guys who's in deep trouble walking with a cane the rest of my life. Is it worth it? And if a fan can't respect that, then they're not a true fan of the sport. That's all I have to say about that, guys. Yeah, man. I have, I have a question real quick. Yeah. Because you 
said something that was really interesting about uh, the uh, about it being entertainment. To this day, I have, and I wonder if y'all have had this thought. I have never looked at a football, basketball, or baseball, any sport, and saw these guys as entertainers. Have y'all ever looked at the game and been like, I need to be entertained? Have y'all ever had that thought? No, man, I've never had that thought when I watched a sporting event that it was entertainment. You know, I just, to me, it was always, oh, man, these guys are out there competing. They're all competing at a high level. You know, they're not out there entertaining like you would see somebody at the VMAs, like you would see a a singer, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I've, and I'm glad you said that because I, I think I might ask that question. I might ask that question when I'm going to these college and these high school games. Like, you're out there supporting your friend. You're out there supporting your school. You aren't out there to be entertained. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I, you know, I couldn't agree more. And I think part of that is it just goes back to what, what fans think about what they're paying for. And in this, this world today, it's, it's always about, you know, interest me. Give it to me. And reality is, and I mean, even go back to our first topic, guys. You, we're talking about a throwback uniform. And that throwback uniform, we're not thinking about that from an entertainment value. We're thinking about that. And immediately our minds cross into the types of players and the era and the type of the type of basketball that was played. You know, to me, that's what this is all about. You're talking about a, a sport. You're understanding. You love the purity of what the sport is about. And that's where I think people miss the mark when they say, hey, it's OK for these fans to boo. No, it's really not. It's not OK. It's never OK. They don't have a right to boo. They don't understand what what these players go through. You know, they see them get hurt. They see them get carted off the field. And it's like, oh, OK, cool. I, you know, I, I hope our team's going to be OK. You know, and it's it goes back to the I mean, I, I play fantasy football just like anybody else. But mm-hmm. we all go through these things where you see the game as something a little different. And I think that's part of the problem is when you when you come up to a real world situation and, and it affects lives, you know, it's different. I mean, so different. Yeah. People get brave. That's the thing. And now nowadays in society in general, everybody sits behind the screen, the soft glow of a cell phone, a laptop, mm-hmm. a tablet of some kind. Get on social media. Let me go ahead and put my two cents in. I'm going to show you how I really feel because I'm I'm comfortable because I, I can't I won't tell this t- to you, to your face, but I will through social media. I will, you know, through Twitter, a tweet or, you know, and, and they're going to tell you something that is not nice. You know, it, it's not tweeted out and the words that they choose to use aren't tasteful. You know, these are things that people won't tell you to your face. These are things that mm-hmm. people tell you behind the glow, I said, of a, of a small screen like a tablet, cell phone or even a, a laptop or you know, a monitor of some kind, you know, that people are brave over the internet. But when you get them in person and you kind of corner a, per- a person and you ask them, Hey, well, what about this? this? Is what you were saying? They'll backtrack. Oh no, I, I was just playing. I was, you know, like Godlib, you know, Oh, I, I was just being sarcastic. No, you weren't. You got caught. And so you backtrack because words hurt, you know, and anybody mm-hmm. that does podcasting, anybody that does anything in the local media or in the national media, you have a platform. And it's like my buddy Chris Duell always says, choose to use your platform for good. Words hurt. Sometimes words hurt more 
than if somebody came up to you and hit you with the bat, you know, or something. Because these things yeah. really have a resounding effect on the human psyche, you know. So we need to choose our words more carefully. Even us as fans, you know, we feel like, oh, we're paying these athletes paychecks because we're buying into you know, getting jerseys or we're buying tickets and we're really doing all these things to get ready for the season. It's more than sports. This is a person, a real person who's sharing their emotions, who's being transparent and you're criticizing them. You're raking them over coals for being honest. So that's just Mm -hmm. something that I think we as, as human beings need to, you know, do a better job at, be a better at you know choosing our words and having some compassion you know yeah having some love (laughs) and and definitely doing like i'm pretty sure both both of your parents said like like how my parents told me think before you speak yeah (laughs) exactly you know either that you're gonna get slapped across the face you know because that's how they used to do us back in the day you know you either get hit with the backhanded with the uh, hand or you're gonna get hit with the chancla or something you know well, yeah. let me ask you guys this honest question. I mean, what does Gottlieb get out of this? What is what does Schefter get out of this? I mean, exposure. First one to report. It, they do you know, things it, for exposure. You know, that's what it is. They want yeah. that attention. And garnered, it, it's the wrong type of attention. But mm-hmm. damn it, if it wasn't attention, spotlight was on them. They were all over social media. They were all over the national media. They had people talking about them all day, all over the airwaves. Wesley. So they, they kind of yeah. got what they wanted, but they did it in a very distasteful way, you know? Yeah, so I was going to say, it's, a, it's about them, and, th- and that's what's frustrating. It's just that the story almost became not Andrew Luck, not his accomplishments while he was able to play, or the fact that he gave his all. And yes, it's tragic at a young age that to see him not continue for a franchise that he had really you know taken and taken over from Peyton and done a good job with. It, it became all about the reporters that had you know, had their beef. And, you know, I, I know Schefter really didn't have much to say. He reported the story, but, but especially Gottlieb and others who are coming out and, and basically just taking pot shots at the guy, I, you know, that, that stuff's just, you know, that's, I, I know, I know it's free speech. I know everybody's got a right to their opinion, but to me, that's the part where, again, I say media has got to have more responsibility than that. I couldn't think of a better segue to go into our next segment than this exactly what you just said about the media so talking about the media we had something else that came out through the airwaves all over the four letter networks all over the airwaves today across the radio local sports radio was talking about it as well it was the comments that kobe bryant had made against shaquille o'neal and how once again the media machine tries to go out there and spin this as kobe throwing shade at Shaq once again they're going to rekindle you know their rivalry once again and all he was saying is, you know, the truth. And, and Kobe even said on his in his interview, whatever I'm saying here, I've already told to Shaq face to face. You know, he even said he has nothing but respect for him. He has nothing but love for him. He competed at such a high level. He was even one of the most dominant players of his era. You know, Kobe has nothing but respect and love for Shaq. Yeah, things didn't work out. They could have done things differently. But he wasn't really throwing shade at Shaq. He was just speaking the truth. And when you go on social media later in the day, you see that Shaq and Kobe are not even fighting with each other. It's kind of like it's been squashed. They moved on. 
they're, they're not rekindling a rivalry. You know, Kobe even said something to the effect, I'm too old for that, man. You know, they've, they've grown past that, you know. So this is once again the media trying to spin something and make something out of nothing. You know, Brandon, what did you think? You know what? I thought I thought he was correct. <laughs> I thought from everything growing up watching Shaq play, you know, people have to remember when Kobe talks, Kobe took the blueprint from Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the first person in the NBA that is documented to really take care of their body. So Kobe's going to be that exact same way. And then when you have somebody as dominant as Shaq and Kobe and Kobe knows exactly how Shaq used to practice or what he did in the off season and everything like that. So if, if, if he said, if Shaq had the work ethic of him, that he would have been the goat, like without any debate, I 100% agree with him because he had so much natural ability and, and God-given gifts of just size and how and how he could move. You know how they always say, you know, uh, hard, hard, hard work will beat talent when talent doesn't work hard. You know, it's really exactly how you said it's it's the media trying to stir up something that's not there. You know, you're trying to cook something that you don't even have the ingredients for. You know, it's just it's just not going to be taken that way. So if if anything, I, w- I wouldn't have given Shaq his work, his his work ethic. I gave him his free throw ability so he wouldn't have missed over six thousand free throws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd like to point out something, though. Here's the, the here's the difference, though. When you have special players that become a disciple of the game, as Michael Jordan did, you know, they dedicated every moment, every waking moment, any time that they had free time. They wanted to be a better player, no matter what it took. You know, they studied the game extensively, watching video, working out in the privacy of their own home, you know, pickup games, doing all these things, taking care of their bodies doing all the right things and just becoming a steward of the game. These these are different types of players. They're cut from a different cloth. In other yeah. words, they don't play, man. There's no off switch to these guys. They don't take the game lightly. While some other guys might come out and they work in the off season, they 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 apply themselves as well. You got to be a professional to be in the NBA. But people like Jordan, like Kobe, they're cut from a different cloth. And, and I get what he's saying. Kobe is saying if Shaq had applied himself and dedicated himself as much as I did up to my level, he could have been where I was at. We could have been here together. We could have won 12 championships, but only one of us was at that level. The other one wasn't quite there. And at the end of the day, when you feel like you've dedicated, you're putting all this work into something. And then you have somebody in here who likes to be the life of the party, likes to have fun, joke around, and not taking the game as serious as you are. That's where you had your problem, you know? And and I think that's where the wedge came between them, you know, because Kobe wanted Shaq to get so much better because he saw the potential. But the thing is, is no matter how much you want someone to get better and how much you try to show them how to do things, ultimately the decision is up to them. And I think that's a hard dose of reality that kind of like slapped Kobe in the face now that he's older he understands that and and when he was younger 
it would frustrate him and get him mad where he said, you know, hey, they were going fist to fist one time in, in practice because they had they came to words, you know, and those words meant something, you know, and they came to blows. So, you know, it, it, it's it's being passionate, being a competitor at the highest level and somebody who doesn't quite share that same vision that you have. You know, to me, that's really what Kobe was saying, you know. Exactly. They're both trying to get to the top of the mountain, but they both have a different way of going about it. Yeah, exactly, man. And what was your thoughts, Wesley? Yeah, okay. So first off, the internet, social media, greatest inventions of all time, and also the downfall of our country. I swear to you. It, it, it It's like what we have nowadays is, is pretty awesome. But you can go on Twitter and in five seconds you can have – I love Twitter to do all my sports stuff because I can get – 20 sports takes in not even 10 seconds it's great i mean it's awesome and at the same token you also realize that's 20 people that have takes that are you know potentially could go viral and you never know i mean so from that perspective just kind of going back to that the first part of this conversation you know uh, yeah you're right joe i mean it, it was a dead issue you know right off the bat but it was kept alive you know through social media and went viral and and, you know, it's just been a talking point all day, even after both guys have kind of just been like, OK, whatever. Um, I will say this, though, and, and this has always been kind of my thing. I, I haven't ever been a huge Kobe fan. I, I actually honestly enjoyed watching Shaq grow up and play. You know, I, we were talking about this off off the podcast and I, we all grew up in small schools um, and, uh, you know, get, getting a chance to see Shaquille O'Neal play in, in the district, you know, when I was a, just a young kid and watching him play when he was in high school, he was a different kind of player. Um, Brandon, you had talked about this too, about, you know, somebody that played alongside Devin Brown. There was a guy at, at, in, uh, at Cole high school named Leon Greenwood that was incredible, incredible along with Shaq. Uh, and both those guys were just as athletic as you can imagine. And his game changed. He went to LSU. He got a lot thicker. Um, and so I get it. I get what Kobe's saying about if he would have dedicated more of himself to becoming a steward of the game, to being up to his potential. But then again, that's always kind of been my thing with Kobe is that sometimes Kobe just says things that you go, I get it. I understand that's your opinion. But perhaps there could have been 12 more rings had Kobe kept his mouth shut a little bit more too. And I, I just kind of wonder, sometimes you get two alpha dogs and you turn them loose and you expect them to be friends. And at the end of the day, they're still both alpha dogs. And sometimes you look at the situation, you say they, they got the best out of what they could have gotten. And, and I just think that's where that should have lay. It's just, okay, I get it. Maybe you had those words before. And, and they certainly know each other more than we will ever know them. But for me personally, I kind of feel like the, the two-way street here is just saying both players – were still a dominant force in the NBA and had both players shut up and just gone about their business a little bit more often, maybe the 12 rings would have come their way anyway and we wouldn't be in a situation where we're still talking about it all these years later and it's coming out through social media. That's just me. Yeah, you know, basically it comes down to check your ego at the door, you know? Right. And just somebody had to, you know, learn to, to, to handle things in a more mature manner. It just never transpired because you have, you know, these both these guys that are, are great players in their own right at the top of their game. Unfortunately, the contrasting personalities could mingle together. It was oil and water, you know, so it was it was not meant to be. 
you know, so we'll go ahead and move on to our, our next topic. And this one's another one that's kind of highly controversial as well. We're going to be talking about Boogie Cousins and the comments that he made uh, to his ex-wife that went viral. Uh, what happened is his ex-wife was recording him, kind of baited him. We've all had that one friend who has an ex-baby mama, you know, and they've already, they want to move on with their life. They, they're already going to get married. You know, basically it comes down to Boogie, you know, calling his ex-wife up, her recording the, the conversation probably already had words with him before she started recording the conversation. He's asking her, you know, that he basically, he wants his son to be present at his wedding. He's getting married to another woman. He's no longer has relations with his baby mama. You know, he's just asking for his son. He wants his son to be a part of that. What, what father wouldn't want his son to be a part of a new life, you know, be witness to it. And basically he just says, I'm going to ask you one more time. And she's just over here still baiting him. Go shoot your ball. Go play basketball. Shoot your ball. Go shoot your ball. I'm going to ask you one more time. He said, are you going to let me have my son? And she's like, no. And he's like, I'm going to put an effing bullet in your head. And she's just nonchalantly. Oh, okay. So you know that that relationship right off the bat is already volatile because she's not even phased by that. So things like this happen. It's part of the way that they communicate with one another you can tell that she likes to get him riled up she, she kind of you know enjoys that and she baited him she recorded him it's a bad look for boogie because he's already having to go through these you know in this injury that he has he's with the lakers they had released a statement saying that they're going to investigate this so to add more insult to boogie if he comes back from the injury and he wants to play in the league He's probably going to have to serve some type of punishment or pay a fine or have to go to some, you know, counseling or something now because of this comment that he said in anger because she got the best of him. So my my rebuttal now is how are you feeling about these comments, Brandon? Um, One, I'm not surprised because just given just given his interactions with the players, um, you know, I, I I hate that it was recorded and you know, like social media, like you you just said it. Um, it's the what the you know, it's the greatest thing and it's the downfall because how many times have people said said something that they didn't mean or out of anger, even though it shouldn't have been said, but not three three hundred million people have an opportunity of knowing about it. Yeah. You know, is I hate I hate that he said it. You know, I get they were very like like you said, you know, they have a volatile relationship yeah. just given how calm it was. They were in a heated conversation. That's what it was. They were in a heated conversation. Yeah. And and the motive behind doing it is what? I mean, because you're using your child to hurt a guy because yeah. he's getting mad. That's that's all it is. That's all it is. And you know, he 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 shouldn't have said it. But man, it's just you you hate to see that happen. You hate to hear hear that type of stuff. Um, one thing and for all the guys listening, you know, um, one thing that I pride myself on is that in any relationship I've been in with with a woman and one that you choose choose to marry or whoever you have kids with is very important to know that person 
through and through because if if it starts off violent it's probably going to end violent yeah you know and this is and this is just another sad situation of of being caught up yeah exactly i think we can we sympathize with them we don't agree with what he said but exactly. we've all had people that have been in these types of relationships before where they're using the kids as leverage you know i'm going to hurt you by using these kids to get to you you want your children this weekend no i'm going to be doing you know this is my weekend i'm not going to exchange you know any days with you even though i know that right. would it be you know something that i right. could do to help you out in other words but because i hate you so much and i know that keeping your kids away from you is going to hurt you and get you upset i'm going to do that to be petty you know you you can't do these things you know even if, yeah. if relationships in a certain way when you have kids involved when you talk to the mother of your children this way or you say something bad about the father of your children openly in front of these kids you're just going ahead and continuing that circle you know you exactly. somebody needs to be the yeah. bigger person and break that and say you know what i might feel a certain way about your mom but that's not something i'm going to discuss in front of my kids because that's their mother i got to show my sons you know a better way you know you you got to be respectful when you're talking about another female you know you you can't say exactly. these things because again words hurt you know and you you want things to change the change has to start from you you know and like again we got to choose our words more carefully I get why he said it. I get why he was so upset. But it's just one of these things in today's society. We have to understand somebody's always listening, watching, recording. They have a digital copy of everything that is said or anything that is spoken on the open and on the World Wide Web out there on the Internet. So you got to be careful who you talk to and what you're sharing. You know, so Wesley, what were your what was your take on this? You know, my first thought, guys, is kind of. Tonight's kind of like the social media nostalgia kind of throwback here. I kept thinking to myself, you know, back in the day, writing letters to somebody, and you'd have to wait half a week for a response. <laughs> you, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and like, you know, I mean, we got like rotary phones and all that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I'm dating myself here, but, um, you know, I, I think part of it too here is it's sad. I mean, you know, you guys both hit it, I mean, on the head here. It's really sad. It's sad to see a, a child used against. And of course, we know that happens. And it's and it's a dose of daily life. I, I think that what we see more often than not is we, you know, we tend to equate somehow that, you know, an athlete to be, you know, it's like we were talking about is it is it an entertainment? What What is what is it that people are driving to get out of this? And and even the spouses and, and whatnot, sometimes they view this as an opportunity to get theirs. And um you know that respect level that that opportunity to to look at your former spouse and maybe maybe there's nothing in your heart that you know is going to be something that you you're going to have for the future and st something that's going to st stir up a relationship but that respect level always has to be there for your children because you have a responsibility um to your children to to act right and to to treat each other right and it's not always easy. I mean, it's not. And, and it's, it's one of those things where I look at, I look at DeMarcus here and I say, can we sympathize with some of the stuff that happened there? Of course. Can we also openly look and cringe when he was insinuating, putting a bullet in their you know head? I mean, of course. I mean, yeah, that's, that's horrible, but she also knows, and she, she was baiting that and knew that that was knew what triggers to, to, to go with so that, you know, that response could be given. And, 
yeah, you know, I know this. It's hard to unhear things, and I think once something gets out there, it's kind of the, the theme of our night. Is you know, like like you said, Joe, it's out there. People are listening. You know that it's, it's something that is going to be played back over and over and over. And he's probably never going to live that down. And you know, I I look at that situation and I just think about the child involved here, and you know, being a parent of two young kiddos uh, myself, it, it it breaks my heart. I mean, it does. It breaks my heart not only to see a, a former couple that you know. Uh, certainly, it probably, I'm sure both of them, if, if, in some capacity, are are good good parents and and, and whatnot, and and you know do good things for their child. But you know, it's it's sad to see that uh, uh, the fact that you know she was using that in his face, and that you know he then turned around and took that bait and decided to go you know a direction that that made this something into you know a lot greater than what it could have been. But I, you know, I, I just it goes back to the same thing. I you know I just I hate the idea nowadays that you know, a cell phone or anything else can be used against you because those are private conversations. Those are conversations you're supposed to be able to have about your family. And when it turns into something else, I think that's pretty tragic. Yeah. But she, you know, at the end of the day, she knew what she was doing because in order for TMZ to get that audio, someone had to give it to him. And more than likely it was the ex-wife and, you know, she didn't give him something just for free. She's making a little bit of money off of the deal. So she right. knew exactly what she was doing, you know? So, you know, you got to watch it with these females out there. And the same thing, you know, these females got to watch it with these men out there too because you have people from both sexes that are, 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 are this way. And everything that we say nowadays can be recorded, can be screenshotted, you know? And before you know it, it's out there all over social media for everyone to see and you never know. It might go viral, and once it's out there, it's and, out there. And one last thing, guys. I mean, this this to me is the, the 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 kind of the biggest tragedy of all is to see, you know, Demarcus going through the injury things that he's had to go through yeah. brutally over the last couple of years. This might be the lasting image of him, you know, going out here. Is will he ever return? Will he ever, you know, be? I mean, he'd probably be a shell right. player that he once was. But this is going to be the lasting images of him you know, having this conversation and being remembered like this. And as a guy that was very off, uh, off times, just, you know, kind of a knucklehead at times. And, you know, I don't know, it, it, it really is tough. And I, I kind of feel for him, but I also kind of feel like he stepped into that trap himself too. Yeah, true right. enough, man. But, you know, let's go ahead and move on here and talk about our last topic for this uh, edition of the Two Shots podcast. We have a UTSA Roadrunner football game coming up on Saturday in the Alamo Dome against another local college here in San Antonio, the University of the Incarnate Word Cardinals, UIW. This is being billed as the hometown showdown in the Alamo Dome. And it's got the, the city, you know, really pumped. You know, and you even had this this healthy banter of, of back-talking. You even had the UIW Cardinal going around the, the San Antonio Zoo earlier today. Then you had UIW and then you had UTSA going at it on social media. It was all in good fun, but it was it was quite funny, you know, how these things are being, you know, I guess spewed out there or spinned, you know. Um, but you like this stuff because this is something that you want to see, you know, two colleges that are in your own backyard going at it. And, it, you know, it, it's fun for both the fans you know, and, and for the schools themselves, you know, this is a win-win situation for San Antonio, you know, because again, you have UTSA and UIW. So 
in the Alamo Dome. Can you imagine what the noise level is going to be out there on Saturday? And then the tailgating that's going to be going on before the game. Uh, it, it's going to mm-hmm. be quite quite the place to be. It's, it's going to be one of the places to be at on Saturday. If you want to be seen, if you want to hear some of the best, you know, cheers for, for your team and have everybody, you know, just going crazy for some college football. You know, this is the place to be in San Antonio. I'm going to give you yeah. my prediction before I, I spin it to you, Brandon. I, okay. I really believe, I really believe that UTSA will win this game, but I think it's going to be a fight. You know, I don't think it's going to be a really high scoring game. I think both teams are going to play tough because they're playing in front of their home crowds. I, I really think that the end of the game, it's going to be something like 24-17 UTSA, you know, getting a, a hard-fought victory over UIW. I don't think the game is really going to be won until that fourth and final quarter. I think it's going to be neck and neck pretty much through three quarters. I think the the deciding factor is probably going to be either turnover. It's going to be, you know, a touchdown, a, a late push in the game. But I think it's going to be quite entertaining. That, that's just my my opinion. So let's get yours, Brandon. What do you think is going to happen? Um, I think this is an incredible game. I think I, I, I hope this is an annual thing uh, because this is bringing the city together. And a, a healthy competition is always going to be great. Uh, you have a UIW coming off of one in their conference last last year, and you have a lot of players um, – from the San, from the San Antonio High School area, who are playing over at uh U at U UTSA now. Um, looking at their roster, they both have four, fourteen players from from San Antonio on there. Uh, how I really feel like this game is going to go, I think you're right on with that score. If I had to pick a score, I'm going to go twenty seven seventeen with the Roadrunners winning. Um, you can go out there and see players like uh, Hilario Gomez, uh, Jeremy Jones, who play on a uh, UIW. Then you can also see uh, former Judson greats uh, Rashad Wisdom and uh, Sincere McCormick, uh, as well as uh, the quarterback who is uh, Harris, who 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 played out at Clemens. So it's it's a lot of area pride and a lot of city pride is going to be out there on that field and i think that that's going to be an incredible environment unfortunately i have to work so i won't be there <laughs> but um uh, i think this is something that the city needs and they should and and they should keep and hopefully these schools will uh, be able to keep this thing going yeah definitely I'd, I'd like to see this be like you said be a yearly thing you know it'd be cool to keep on having this rivalry in the making you know even though, you know, it, it might not really be for, you know, conference play or anything of that nature. It's more for bragging rights. It, it's still good right. to see, you know, it's still good to see this. It, it, it's good for the city. And and all these players, you know, they all know each other. Yeah. So like, you know, and they and they run in some of the same circles. So, you know, if you if you have that bragging rights, exactly, which is exactly what it is, you know, it just it just makes the experience that much better. You know, I mean, it's just another you can't lose situation with this game, especially with the way that these programs are going. Yeah, exactly. So, Wesley, go ahead and share your prediction 
and share your thoughts. What do you think about this UTSA and UIW game? All right. So, Joe, Brandon, you ready for this? I'm ready, man. Let me have it, Wesley. <laughs> Don't say my, 100. My Don't be saying 100 to 87. <laughs> uh, my my uh, Texas State friends aren't going to like this very much, but this oh. could be the start of a of a rivalry. Don't anger uh, Clint Proctor, think, Wesley. Okay. Don't anger Clint Proctor. <laughs> okay, so Brandon, you know you're a UT guy. Of course, I'm a Tech guy, and um, Eric Morris is a brilliant <laughs> offensive mind. Uh, at you, uh, he, you know, he's a great head coach. He turned that program at uh, around at Incarnate Word and. Um, I, I, I think the jury's still out on, on, you know, coach Wilson. I, I think that he's a strong coach. I do. I think he's got the pedigree that he needs to, to, to make UTSA into something special. But let me tell you this, the, I feel like the more seasoned ball club right now coming into this game is, is UIW. Um, I feel like when you look at this, even though I, I, you know, I get it, it's, it's, you know, you know, UTSA plays big boy football and, and you know, it's, it's you know, maybe this, the FCS is a little different for UIW. But I, I look at it from this perspective. There's going to be points on the board at the end of the day. And Eric Morris's offense is going to be responsible for that. Um, I, I wonder, if with all the new pieces, how much offense is going to be generated? Do I think Sincere is going to be a, a big time player for UTSA? Absolutely. Do I think that Harris is going to be a really good quarterback for UTSA in the future? I absolutely do. But this is their first ball game. And I, I kind of look at this from that perspective and say, if the scheme is right, it, it kind of reminds me, I think you'll, I think you'll understand this, Brandon. It kind of reminds me a little bit of a Mike Leach versus a, you know, uh, versus a UT kind of situation here. This might be that one time where UIW comes out on top because the scheme is a little bit better than right. the actual, um, maybe than the talent. Because I do think UTSA has the better talent on the team, but the scheme, I think, for UIW is going to come out on top. So I'm going to call it this way. I'm going to say incarnate word 42, Ooh. UTSA 35. Oh, Lord. I think, Wesley, have you been drinking, Wesley, before we got on this podcast? <laughs> nope, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wesley's been doing a little tailgating, man. <laughs> Hey, listen, everybody said that about about Appalachian State when they when they were about to take on Michigan, right, at the big house, right? And we all remember how that went. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, this has got one of those very minute that. chances, but you never know. You just never know. I definitely see that because, you know, it's it, when when it comes to scheme, sometimes players knowing what they're doing is the most important thing, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of that ball. When you right. know exactly where you're supposed to be what you have to do to get there and oh and and you're playing for the bragging rights for the city yeah y'all y'all might be at a bigger school but you know we we're the better team we right. know exactly what our goals are and what and, and what we want to do when whenever we line up so you know yeah. I, I i totally understand that yeah and, and don't don't forget you know coming comes from tech We've always been the underdog at everything football, always. And so you look at that, and Eric Morris is playing playing that into UIW. I guarantee you that. They're going to have that underdog mentality of going against a big boy football team. And uh, trust me, they're going to play loose. There's nothing for them to lose in, in this game. It's all on UTSA. I look at it from that perspective alone. All right. Well, they're here. You, hear, you heard it here first because this podcast is going to be going out 
sometime tomorrow morning. And today, right now, it is 9.31 on a Wednesday evening. So when you hear this on Thursday, you heard it here first. Wesley is making the bold prediction. UIW <laughs> is going to get the better hand of this whole game, and they're going to upset the heavily favored UTSA Roadrunners. What was the final score, Wesley? 42 to 35? 42-35. Okay, there you go. I want to make sure that I'm going to send this out to my uh, our good friend Brenda Lee over at the Sports Dish. Uh, they have a, a video log that they started, so make sure you go and uh, check that out and subscribe and follow them. It's quite humorous what they've been doing out there, her and Carolina Teague, so make sure you go and give them a like. Make sure you subscribe. You you know, Brenda Lee is a UIW alumni. So I, I think she's gonna she's gonna like what you had to say about uh UIW upsetting UTSA. So Hey, well if if it doesn't work out right, all that's gonna happen is my Twitter's gonna blow up with people calling me out. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah, and, then, and you know what? Right now, Wesley, where can they call you out? Where can they get a hold of you on, on social media? Uh, yeah, I'm full of segues tonight. Uh, so first of all, you you can get a, uh, you can check me out on uh, Twitter at Wesley Perk. Uh, you know, I'm I, I love to use my Twitter to really talk sports. I love talking Spurs. Love talking football. And hey, it's the best time of the year. Just the fact that we're able to talk college football, pro football, uh, it's a great time of the year. Um, check me out on Facebook, Wesley Perkins. Uh, love to love to hear from you. Yeah, well, so Wesley is a recurring uh, guest here on on the two shots podcast. So great guy. We love the, the great takes that he has uh, to offer us. And also he's a cre- frequent contributor of the Chris Duell show on the ticket 760. And also he's a, a frequent contributor of Spurs react on WAI 1200 AM. So make sure you go ahead and tune into that after the Spurs games, when the season gets started. So before we go ahead and wrap this up, Brandon, where can the people find you and follow you on Twitter and engage with you on social media, and also where can they go and listen to the great podcast that you have? Okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter at bdamone, B-D-A-M-M-O-N-E on Twitter, and that's the same thing on Instagram. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Along the Wire Cast, Along the Wire Cast on Facebook. Um, I, I record my podcast on Wednesdays, and I have them up uh, by Saturday morning or Sunday morning. Um, I'm on sound, I'm on SoundCloud. I send out both, both links and I'm on iTunes as well. And we're soon to transition over to YouTube. So, uh, well, get ready for that. Get ready so for that. You are man with the plan. He's got, you know, his podcast pretty much on all major platforms. So make sure you go and you follow him on Twitter. Make sure you go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. And make sure you also listen to the podcast. You know, that's the great thing about San Antonio. And that's the great thing about being able to have various guests on that are here locally. This podcast community here in San Antonio is growing. There's a lot of great talent out here. And we're going to do more of getting these local uh, people that are in the podcasting community to come out and be guests here on the Two Shots podcast because we want to help everybody grow. And what better way to do that when... We can get guests and everybody can grow together. This podcast community is big enough for everyone. And it's also good to be able to share knowledge, share tips. If anybody ever asks you for something, you know, hey, how did you do this? How did you do that? Make sure that you you share knowledge. 
doesn't do us any good if we try to keep things to ourselves. We're only going to make yep. this community grow when we all uplift each other and help everybody grow together. So that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. But before I end this, you can also follow us at Two Shots Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Shots Podcast. And it's all spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S Podcast. We also have a website. You can check us out at TwoShotsPodcast.com. So without further ado, speaking for Brandon Holland and Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace. Peace.